Welcome to Naja Reviews. This is Brian, your host, and today we're going to talk about Them, which is weird that I haven't watched it until this week because it's like right up my alley. One of the main characters, Ben, who's a cop, is played by the librarian from Shawshank that totally made me cry the last time I watched Shawshank. If you've seen Shawshank, you know why. Uh, but he's real young in this one because this is in 54. Oh, black and white movies are so good sometimes. This one is one of the good ones. I can understand why it's one of the most famous monster movies from the 50s. I will say that the monster that challenged the world does some things a little bit better than this movie, but we're gonna... A, the monsters are different. And B, that was in 59, not 54. So maybe the practical effects people learn some stuff in that many years. Who knows? Basically, the biggest, if you want to call it a gripe, gripe is the monsters don't attack enough people on screen now they are on screen quite a bit but they're usually just like walking around menacing people and like the snail actually grabbed on and attacked quite a few people on screen in the monster that challenged the world and i'm gonna go ahead and say that that's really the only gripe for this movie that i have everything else is pretty good for a 50s monster movie I can, un yeah, like I said earlier, I totally understand why people love this movie, because I fucking like this movie a lot. If you don't mind black and white movies, give this one a watch for sure, 100%. So, radiation causes a creature to grow to enormous size, and they terrorize the New Mexico at first, and then they move on to California. And this cop is now a soldier giving orders to a general with the scientists to try to stop this plague of creature that has killed a few people in some really weird ways. So yeah, pretty much the same synopsis as the thing or the monster that challenged the world. Different creature, different setting, kind of. So let's get into this overview. First, we start off with cops searching because they got a call and the plane that's searching the desert because we're in uh, White Sands, New Mexico. They find this girl walking all alone with a broken doll its head's like exploded and she's basically catatonic i mean she can walk around but she's not blinking she's not talking she's only walking and breathing but when they get her back to the car and there, there's two cops it's ben and who's the other cop ed they find the girl get her in the cop car and they go down to a trailer where they think she came from which she totally has uh and there's a huge whore torn out of the side of this trailer not punched in pulled out and there's a lot of sugar and they find a print in the sand that they can't figure out what it is so then they call in for an investigator investigation team investigatory team and when they come up the doctor or the the paramedic is looking at the little girl and he's like she's just in shock but other than that she's totally fine and then we hear a loud chirping sound and the little girl does the whole Michael Myers raise from the dead thing when she hears this chirping and when the chirping goes away she passes back out. But nobody sees her raise to that sound so it doesn't tip them off with anything. Some guy's casting the print and then they go off to the store and it's trashed. And it also has a hole ripped out of the side of it. And they find more sugar that's been rifled through. They also find a folded rifle. It's a 30-30. And they finally find the owner who's uh, dead in the bottom of the cellar. Ben leaves while Ed has to stay behind. So when the investigatory team comes to them, he can tell them what, what's going on and all that jazz. But as soon as Ben leaves, we hear that chirping start again. And Ed goes out to check and he gets off-screened off screamed to death. And then we cut to a meeting 
And the cops have tons of evidence, but they can't put any of it together. Because, you know, they're looking for a person. <laughs> Not a monster. But they do learn that the trailer guy and his is an FBI agent on vacation with his family. And only the little girl is still around. But now they bring Rob onto the case, another FBI agent. And then we have Dr. Putnam County. His name's actually Dr. Putnam and he's the doctor of the county, but I live in Putnam County, so it was funny. He says the old shop owner uh, had 20 times the lethal dose of formic acid pumped into his body. So that's pretty weird. And then they send the, pl- the print off. The FBI guy sends the print off because nobody can ID it. And then they give it to agriculture because they couldn't figure it out. And now we have the doctors Medford, which is Dr. Medford and Dr. Patricia Medford who is his daughter, and he's old as shit, and he's weird as fuck. So they go straight to the look through the evidence, and Dr. Medford brings up the A-bomb test, or the first A-bomb that was dropped in White Sands. There's your radiation, buddy. They go to check the girl, and he makes her smell formic acid, which snaps her out of her catatonic state, but all she can do is scream and yell them. So he kind of like ruined her day, kind of. And he doesn't even do anything with it, he just leaves. So they're at the trailer site, and Rob, the FBI guy, is like, can you please tell us what you're talking about? And Ben's like, it'd be nice to know. But they're like, we're not going to tell you what we think it is until we can prove what it is, because the audience doesn't need to know what it is yet. But if you're a scientist, you'll know that the doctor is the greatest myrmecologist of the world, so then that just pretty good giveaway of what it is if you know what myrmecology is. The doc finds a different print. It's about 12 centimeters long, which makes nine foot long mermies. Pat gets asked to look for more prints, and she finds one. And we hear the shrill chirping, as the subtitles tell me it is. Again, by the way, the chirping, they bring it up in the movie. It's called stradulation. That's what crickets do to make sound. Lots of bugs use stradulation, and it doesn't always sound the same. Just needed to clear that up, because I forgot to say it while I was talking about it. And then she gets attacked by a fucking nine-foot-long ant. Obviously, myrmecology is the study of ants at this point. And the doc is like, shoot him in the antenna. And then he's like, they're girls after. It's like, okay, doc. But anyways, they shoot the antennas. It disorientates the ant. And then Ben comes up with a Tommy gun and just fucking riddles that bitch with bullets. Done deal. So now they're flying, looking for the anthill. And there's some dialogue that shows that the doctor's weird and that Rob has a hard-on for Pat. Fair enough. She's cute. But anyway, she finds the nest. And their next plan is to wait until it's noon to attack because the heat from the day will force all the ants into the nest, which doesn't matter anyways because all you have to do is kill the queen and any queens and males who would stay in the nest because they don't leave the nest. So you could do this at any time and just have to wait for those other giant ants to die. I don't know. Just saying. So they wait till noon. And then they shoot phosphorus at the the nest to heat up the area around it to drive them deep so they concentrate and cluster down in the bottom of the nest. And then they drop uh, cyanide down in the nest and fucking flood the nest with death. It's a 50s movie, so they have to tell you what they're going to do, and then they show you what they're going to do instead of like, here's the plan, and then transition to them doing it like newer movies do. But hey, how are you going to get to an hour and 30 minutes without explaining and showing? So it pretty much goes off without a hitch. Ben and Rob are going to go investigate the nest. And then Rob's like, I don't want you to go down into the nest, Pat, because you're a girl. And she's like, I'm a scientist, motherfucker. You won't know what we need to look for down here. And I will. And my dad's too old to go down there. So I'm fucking going. And he's like, all right. So the nest is mostly dead. There's like two ants that bust through the wall and they burn the shit out of them. But it was because the wall collapsed from the phosphorus grenades or bazooka shots, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And it is cool. They walk through 
through this dark tunnel with this mist from the cyanide gas on the bottom with all these giant dead ants everywhere. Like I said earlier, they show plenty of giant ants. They just only show them kill one person. (laughs) We aren't there yet. So they get to the brood chamber and Pat's like, this sucks. Burn this shit. And then we get a documentary. What did I skip? I didn't skip. I just didn't write anything in the notes. So they burn the nest. There was two new queens that hatched out and they flew the coop. So our job's not done. So we get to watch an ant documentary because it's a 50s movie. They're talking about Camponotuses, which, yes, use formic acid. And yes, you've probably, if you live in the, the U.S., you've definitely seen a Camponotus. They're carpenter ants. Big ass black or big ass red ants. Yep. I mean, not big compared to bull and bullet ants, but for where I'm from, pretty sure Camponotus are the biggest ants you're going to find. Their majors are huge. So then the higher ups of the U.S. get to watch an ant documentary that explains a bunch of things about ants. I'm not explaining them. Go watch the movie if you want. <laughs> So then we see reports of missing people and all this stuff and then ant-shaped aircraft reports. So Pat and Rob go to talk to the dude that said that. And uh, yeah, they believe him. He saw some ants going while he was flying. And they believe him, but the doc, he's in the loony bin. The doc wants to release him because he thinks he's just doing a hoax. But Rob's like, leave him until we tell you to release him because we don't want to incite a panic because he might not be hoaxing. So that sucks for that dude. Good thing is one of them, kind of good. Good thing is one of them, one of the queens landed on a anchored ship out in the middle of the ocean. And uh, the bad part is it kills the crew. The good part is they fucking terminate that ship. So one problem is solved. But after talking to the the guy in the loony bin, Doc summarizes that they're probably in California. And 40 tons of sugar get stolen out of California. So that's a pretty good guess. We learn that uh, in this area, some kids are lost and the dad's dead because they found his body with the missing arm. We don't get to see that, but that's fine. So then they talk to some drunks about if they've seen anything around that area. And pretty much the drunks like, I see him down in the river sometimes in the storm drains because the storm drains are big enough. They go down to investigate and they find uh, a model airplane. That is confirmed the kids. So now there's a public service announcement telling everybody about the ants military is rolled up into California. And then they start searching the storm drains. As they're searching the storm drains, Ben hears some tapping. And he goes into a smaller drain pipe that leads to an unfinished construction area of the su- or uh, the storm drains. And he finds the two kids and he finds two ants trying to eat those kids. So he's got to bend some rebar to fit through the pipe and maneuver so he doesn't accidentally burn the shit out of these kids. And he gets down there after telling everybody that the ant nest is in 267, because he can smell it. It's a familiar smell when he was in the brood chamber. And uh, then Ben burns the ants just in time. He gets the kids out, but another ant from down a tunnel sneaks up behind him, and unfortunately he can't grab the flamethrower fast enough. And uh, he gets mandibled. He doesn't get like bit in half or anything, but he gets crushed pretty hard. Rob comes in and shoots the ant off of him, but he's just a little bit too late. See you later, Ben. You were a good cop that got wrapped into a weird situation. But now it just becomes a corridor shooter. All the ants are in a tunnel, and they're machine gunning and grenading the shit out of the tunnel. The doc comes in and is like, you need to stop using grenades because we need to get into that tunnel and then they go down to the tunnel and start shooting their way in rob gets separated with a little bit of a cave-in but the troops dig up a way in and shoot the ants off of him just in time like they're about to crunch him 
and they come in and save them. And then and then they find three new queens with wings that aren't moving. They're just sitting there waiting to see if the humans will let them go and the humans burn the shit out of them. Weirdest part of the movie is why these stupid ants just sat there and waited while, while a bunch of people stood there in front of them instead of A, trying to get the fuck out of there or kill people because, hey man, they're still ants. But that's the end of the movie. Done. They killed them all. All good. This movie's great. For a 50s movie, it does have pretty good pacing. Lots of explanations, lots of talking. But the good part is the scientific parts about ants are pretty fucking real. I mean, compared to now, as to in the 50s, it's probably off, but a lot of the stuff they said is real. I've done some research on ants before, as we know, when we went through the Mimic franchise. It it was fun. I don't have much more to say other than go watch it. Have some fun with some 50s radiation monster movies. Next week... We're going to do Ravenous because I want to talk about Wendigos again. And this one has uh, Guy Pierce and David Arquette and a few other people that you'll know from it in it. So I'll talk to you next week. Hope you have a good week and bye.